Hello, what's happening? Welcome to episode four of the What's Happening podcast with me, Adam Rowe. Thanks for tuning in. It's been a week since the last episode of this. Uh, I, I promise you when I started it, I was going to do episodes every Monday and every Friday. And I didn't do Friday's episode because I was just too fucking busy. Sorry if you were waiting for that. Um, yeah, from now on, it's just going to be Mondays. It's it's too hard to commit because it takes hours to record this, edit it, and all that sort of shit. So yeah, just Mondays from now on. Hope that's okay. That way you only have to listen to about an hour of me waffling on every week anyway. So it's all good. Hope you've had a good week. I'll tell you about mine as we go on. Uh, I'm a bit groggy today. At the worst night of travel ever. I. Uh, I've been at the Frog and Bucket Comedy Club in Manchester for the past three nights. It's been a lot of great fun. I really enjoyed playing that club. Uh, But last night, I missed the the early train home by literally half a second. And it was this arsehole conductor. So I sprint from the comedy club to Manchester Piccadilly train station, get there, find the platform, sprint to the platform. And by the way, I haven't done exercise for about three months, so I can't breathe at this point. Running for 20 minutes just isn't in my physical capabilities. And I get to the platform, and he's just about to turn the key to shut the doors. And I went, mate, wait. And he just said, no. And then had this little smirk on his face. And I swear to God, I'm not condoning violence, but I'd have loved to have just knocked him out. Do you know what I mean? I'd love to have just hurt this guy because he could. He'd, uh, maybe that's a bit far. I don't know. I just didn't like him. He had this little horrible smirk on his face, like ha 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 ha. I've just cost you an hour of your life, fucking prick. So yeah, that's always another hour in Manchester to get the next train home. Then I booked a taxi to pick me up from Liverpool South Parkway because Liverpool Lime Street is still shut at the minute. So there's no trains going all the way to Liverpool City Centre. You have to get off at Liverpool South Parkway, which is a different train station much further away from where I live. And I booked a taxi to pick me up at quarter to 12, which is when the train got in. And Delta, the taxi company, they're like, yeah, we'll be there quarter to 12. I get there. I wait 15 minutes till 12 o'clock. They're still not there. So I ring them and they're like, oh, we we haven't got a car for you at the minute. It's too busy. We've had a lot of calls. It's like, I booked the taxi four fucking hours ago. You can't take an advance booking and then not, just not show up because there's more calls coming in recently. You're supposed to keep someone free, you fucking assholes. So I didn't get home till about one o'clock. In the morning, after a long day, I had to go to Ikea yesterday, which is just a horrible sentence, isn't it? What a terrible day that is, the Ikea day. The first time I ever went, I loved it. Because I thought it was fun, the way you have to go around in a certain way, you get to see all this stuff. And I, I like the kitchen section, I'm in my element there. I love all kitchen stuff, pans and shit like that. Uh, but yesterday was just a fucking nightmare, so... And on top of that, I had to watch that shower of shite game 
Liverpool versus Tottenham, which we'll get to in a bit. Yeah, yesterday was a nightmare. Today, not in a great mood. Bit tired. Haven't had enough sleep. You know the drill. Ah, but yeah, good weekend. No, had a good time in Manchester. Uh, I've had a, I've had quite a few tweets and messages by the way asking me about when I'm going to announce a, a tour date for Manchester, and just due to time restraints. It's not going to be possible to do a Manchester tour date on this current tour. So instead, uh, I am doing club sets. So if you don't know what that means, it won't be me doing my hour-long show, but I will be doing like 20-minute sets. I'm doing the Frog and Booker Comedy Club in Manchester on the 29th and 30th of December 2017. And I will also be at the Comedy Store in Manchester on the 25th, 26th and 27th of January 2018. Uh, Tickets, I'll put them on my website in the next few days and you can get tickets from there. So if you want to see me in Manchester, they're the places to do it over the next few months. And then next year when we tour next year's show in the autumn slash winter, we'll do a Manchester tour date. Okay, so that's, that's that news. Other tour news, uh, I've got to say thank you to everyone who's bought tickets and shared posts about this, but every single 2017 tour date is now completely sold out, which is just mental. I I can't believe it, to be honest with you, but thank you so much to everyone who's bought and stuff like that. The 2018 tour dates are still selling well, so Chester's got about 25 tickets left. South Shields is in a massive room, so that's got just over 100 tickets left. And Leicester's got about 30 left. Birmingham and Edinburgh will go on sale in the next week. And that's it for this tour. The unbearable tour. And then next year, I haven't decided on a title yet. But I think it's going to be called Humble next year's tour. And we'll that'll debut at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. And then we'll be touring that in a few bigger venues. And it's all very exciting. So, yeah, that's tour news. So how's my week been? What can I tell you about? Uh, I watched uh, uh, a new Scouse hero emerge this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. If you're a fan of MMA, and the UFC in particular, you might have heard of a guy now called Darren Till. He's from my neck of the woods, Scouse lad. And he fought in Poland, I believe against Cowboy Cerrone, who is an absolute beast, Cerrone. Cerrone had killed like 80% of the people put in front of him. And this sort of unknown lad from Liverpool, the scouse lad Darren Till, Cerrone gave him a shot at UFC in Poland, UFC fight night. And Darren absolutely webbed him. Stunning performance. TKO in the first round. And just listening to Darren Till in the the interviews afterwards, he just seems like the real deal. To put in that performance against someone with the experience and calibre of Donald Cerrone is amazing. And to announce yourself onto the global scene that way, you're going to see Darren Till fighting for the title over the next 18 months, I think. He'll fight a couple more welterweights. He's a light heavyweight, he said that himself, but he's currently fighting in the welterweight division. And he seems to have the same attitude as McGregor. 
which is just I'm the best on the planet. No one's going to beat me. And I believe him, basically, on <laughs> that last fight. Incredible. I think he'll go through that welterweight division. He'll, he'll fight for the title. Maybe maybe he'll win it. It's a, it's a heavy-hitting division, that welterweight division, to be fair. So he's got to be careful. But maybe that's what we'll see. We'll see some welterweight fights for Darren Till. And then he'll go up to light heavyweight and compete there. We'll see. But it's just great to see a scouse lad doing doing bits. You know what I mean? New pride of Liverpool. And Lord knows we fucking need a pride of Liverpool at the minute. Because it's not coming from football, is it? Ladies and gentlemen. I I can't remember being more annoyed watching a game of football than I was watching the Liverpool game yesterday. I genuinely hope that Dejan Lovren never plays for Liverpool again. He certainly can't start the next game. And what's good, the one shine and light that might come from yesterday's match is that it now looks like Jurgen Klopp gets it. Because it was atrocious. Dejan Lovren's playing as if you can be offside from a throw-in. The six-year-olds who know that, who know what he's doing is wrong, And that dive and header for the second one, oh, it just... I said this last week, Dejan Lovren has nine games per season where he's a brilliant defender and nothing gets past him. And those games make people go, look, but he can do that. But he has so many more like yesterday. And it's just not good enough for this club. He's got to go. The only shining light as a Liverpool fan at the minute is that Everton are worse, that's it. That's the one little glimmer of light in the football and world for Liverpool fans at the minute. They're in the bottom three. They're getting twat of their own by Arsenal. You know. But for Liverpool, Liverpool Klopp has now got to play Gomez with Matip as centre-back. Because even if he's going to make mistakes, he's a young kid. And it might still be able to be trained out of him. And he'll get good experience playing in a, centre, a centre-back pairing with Matip. You put Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back and make that your back four. I Moreno seems to have a good day for me yesterday, but I'd st- I'd still don't know where Robertson is. Robertson should be playing left back for me. That would be my back four: Robertson, Gomez, Matip, and Trent on the right with Danny Ward in goal as well. No more Mignolet. He's had enough time now. It's not good enough. That's what I'd play until January. And in January, we need three players bringing in. We need a centre-back. A, 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 a big centre-back. Van Dijk's obviously the ideal option. That's who we all want to see. But if that doesn't come off, it can't be, oh, there aren't any other players better than what we've got. There are. There's players playing Sunday League that'll do a better job than Dejan Lovren. And I, I'm not even making that up. I'm not joking. I'd settle for a yard dog. I'd sacrifice a bit of ability just for someone who's just going to clear the lines every week. He'll pick up a yellow card every week. Someone like Wes Morgan. I'd love Wes Morgan to come in and play above Lovren. And what a horrible sentence that is as a Liverpool fan. Get me Wes Morgan. That's how bad things are. We need a centre-back. We need a goal scorer, which I've said a few times. 
I don't know how Aubameyang still at Dortmund. Their CEO came out in the summer and said, we will accept any bid over 70 million euros, which is about 60 million quid. I don't know how you can have 40 million to spend on Oxlade-Chamberlain, but not have the extra to get Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who's going to score 30 goals a season. Firmino is so important to the way Liverpool play. He's got to be in the team, but he needs to be a number 10. He's not a striker. He doesn't score enough goals. He's not clinical enough. So we need a centre-back. We need a goal-scorer. And do you know what I think we've been missing for a very, very, very long time? A horrible prick in defensive midfield. That's what we need. We need someone who's scary. Someone who players don't want to go into 50-50s with. Do you remember how horrible Mascherano could be? How intimidating he was? That's what we need. We need a defensive midfield cunt. A centre-back, a goal-scorer and a defensive midfield arsehole. And maybe try and get catered in six months early. If Red Bull come out the Champions League or whatever, there's rumours that we can pay a little premium and get him in. But our midfield at the minute is weak as anything. But if you go from what we've got at the minute to a midfield three of a horrible defensive midfielder, Coutinho and Naby Keita, that's an unbelievable midfield. You've got options to bring Firmino in then as a number 10. Salah and Mane are obviously unbelievable, but maybe we we just need to improve in those three positions. It's a spine of a team. Goal scorer, centre-back, centre-mid. Centre I apologise for the hiccup there. Ah. So yeah, football's not good at the minute. Ruined what was otherwise a lovely weekend. Of party planning. Currently, at the minute, our living room is covered in fake spiders' webs because we're doing this Halloween housewoman party this week. And my girlfriend is just, she's really creative and loves all this shit. So she's having a, a fun time decorating the living room at the minute. Yeah. I had such a weird thing at the weekend. I, uh, one of the shows in Manchester, there was a Sten party in the audience. Now, of a weekend, there's often stag parties or hen parties at comedy clubs. And as a general thing, they're bad ideas. You know what I mean? Because... If you're on a stag party, you want all the whole night to be about the stag. And if you go to a comedy club and the stag's not getting enough attention, people just start talking in amongst that group and it can ruin the show. But sometimes they're fine. Sometimes they're up for a good laugh, whatever. But this weekend, there was a sten party. If you don't know what that is, that's a mixed stag and hen party. This isn't like a stag party with a few girls who are friends with the lads. That's not what I mean. I mean, the groom and bride... Don't trust each other enough to have individual parties. So they were having their own together. How much mistrust has there got to be in a relationship for that to happen? It just had it just had bad vibes written all over this thing. It had this marriage is not going to last <laughs> written all over it. If you can't have one night out, even as your stag party, then the relationship's over. Why are you getting married? 
it stunk of joint Facebook account. It stunk of it. You know one of those accounts? It's like Amy and Brian Smith-Jones on Facebook. And it's like, oh, he can't have his own because he'll just message all the women. <laughs> she can't have her own because she'll just be looking for dick. Oh, it was amazing. And I, I spoke to them. And I'm like, so you don't trust each other? And it it just got awkward amongst their friends because that's obviously exactly what it was. How can you be getting married in that relationship? <laughs> I don't get it. But I don't have to get it, do I? Nothing to do with me, really. Fair fucks to them. If they can't find anyone else to love them. <laughs> ah. Also, I had a... I had quite a weird... Day this week. I went to see me granddad. On my mother's side. His name is Vinny. Have I told you guys that was my first name for a week? I was actually called Vincent for the first week of my life, named after me granddad, and this was in 1992. I think I was the first person to be called Vincent since the war. <laughs> so my mum was like, yeah, this is little Vinny, and everyone was just going to me mum and dad, what the fuck are you doing? That's child abuse. Don't call him Vinny. And after a week... There'd just been too many people saying that, so they changed my name to Adam. <laughs> I think I'd rather be a Vinny, me. It's just a bit cooler. My granddad's definitely a cool Vinny. He's a, he's in a home now. So, went to see him this week. He's in an old people's home. He's got what they believe is dementia. Which is obviously very hard for everyone involved, because he gets very confused and... Like, he doesn't recognise me at all. He gets really confused when I walk in and people tell him who I am. Because it's weird because I don't I haven't looked into dementia enough to know exactly what it is, but it doesn't seem like what my understanding of dementia is. It's like his brain is basically like between five and ten years ago. You know? It's like he's got a memory gap. Because I walk in with me dad and me auntie. So like I say... This is the granddad on my mum's side, but he was always very close to me dad. They were they got on really well. And my auntie, which is my mum's sister, that's who we went with. And he knows he knows who they, those two are. He recognises them straight away because obviously they haven't changed much in the last five to ten years. So he walks in, he's like, Hiya Mike, are you Sue? And then he's like, Who are you? To me. Well that's not actually what he said. He went, are you all right, mate? Do you work here? <laughs> and you have to laugh or you're going to cry. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, no, mate, I don't know. And he went, oh, well, this is me. This is me son-in-law and this is me daughter. So he introduced me to me dad and me auntie. And then me auntie had to go, yeah, uh, this is your grandson, Adam. And the look of confusion on his face, it's not... It's obviously not nice that he doesn't recognise you, but I, I don't let it upset me or anything like that because it's obviously so much harder for him. Because in his head, if his brain is basically as if it's 10 years ago, in his head, I'm a 15-year-old kid, and he's looking at me going, 
you can't be Adam. You're 15. You look about 40. You know what I mean? I've got this big beard. I haven't shaved for a while. So it's very confusing for him. And then 10 minutes later, he's forgot about that conversation. So he then, he still recognises me dad. And so I've gone to the toilet. Excuse me, auntie. I've gone to the toilet and come back. And he goes, hiya, mate, you're okay. This is me son-in-law and this is me daughter again. And my dad goes, uh, Vinny, that's your grandson, Adam. And he's still got his humour about him, to be fair to him. Because my dad goes, that's your grandson, Adam. And my granddad's first response is, is it really? Jesus Christ, he's put some fucking weight on. <laughs> it's not even like I was ever a thin child. I was always a bit chubby. But yeah, he's still got his humour about him. He's he's one of the best people I've ever known. Me granddad. Uh, and what... Like, he's got this... He's got this big photo album that he made himself for, from his time in the army. He was, a, he was an electrician in the army. And I was just looking through that. There's so many memories in there. It was a part of his life I'd never really seen before until I went to see him this week and found this photo album. Uh, he's a he's a bigger Liverpool fan than I am, to be honest with you. He was a season ticket holder. He went to every game. He followed Liverpool home and away in Europe. Uh, he was at some massive games, and it's it's just weird to see him how he is now. But what? And it's obviously not nice. And I'm not saying that it's in any way a good thing. But there are there was one little shining light for me about this situation and I know this is a selfish thing to be thankful for but I think in the situation that he's in you've got to take any positives you can I've been I've been sat in the room with them for about 20 minutes this is the other day when we went to see him and he's then forgot he's been introduced to me as this is Adam again he's just like this a guy sitting there who I don't know he doesn't know who I am and my dad and my auntie are just chatting. And then I said, so, Grandad, have you been watching much of the football? And we just have a chat back and forth about Liverpool. And then he started telling me about his grandchildren. Now, the only grandchildren that he remembers are me and my little brother, Jack. And he started telling me about Jack and about me because he doesn't think I'm me so I got to hear how my granddad would talk about me to other people and thankfully it was all very good <laughs> you know what I mean it could have been awkward as fuck I suppose if he'd have just been like oh I've got this one grandson Adam thinks he's some kind of fucking comedian never been funny to me <laughs> it was nothing like that he's telling me about my little brother Jack who, you know, 10 years ago, Jack was, what, 11? And Jack used to be amazing at football. Jack could have played... If, if Jack had the commitment of someone who was going to make it, he could have been a professional footballer. He was very, very talented when he was a young kid. And I'm hearing my granddad talk to me as a stranger about my little brother and how good he is at football and how he's definitely going to make it. He's dead quick. He's one of these wingers who just whips it in. So it was amazing to hear him talk about our Jack, but then to hear him talk about me was just a really special moment. 
You know what I mean? I got to hear how my granddad would talk to a stranger about me if I wasn't there, because that's what I am to him, a stranger. And he's talking about, like, the fact that I always did well at school, but that he's proud of the fact that I had the bottle to go fuck this with uni and throw me life into something I loved. Yeah, just just amazing. Quite humbling and happy. Just a happy moment. I'm not sure my dad and my auntie even noticed what was going on there, but it was just a moment that I, I got to experience and a very brief, nice part of what he's going through. Watching him talk with joy about his grandchildren and being one of them. Yeah, just just a really nice moment for me that. And uh, yeah, so let me know if you've got a family member going through stuff like this. Get in touch. Tell me what your experiences of this is. Do you know what I mean? Let's have a chat about it. If you've if you've had a family member going through it in the past, and you found a way to deal with it better or to make their lives easier. Let me know, because I'd love to help me grand that house in any way that I can over the next few years. Yeah. What, we, what we've what we tended to do is we don't tell him stuff that's happened. We don't really bring him up to date on it. Like, he still thinks my mum is still alive, and she's not. She's been dead for four years now. Uh, he still thinks his wife, me nan, is still alive, and he'll talk about them. He'll be like, oh, they've just gone upstairs to do some washing. And stuff like that. And we're just like, oh yeah, okay. We just, you know, we, we let him live in his own little world. Because it's not worth ruining his life every five minutes. Because he would forget within five minutes. So we do just let him live in his, his fantasy world. And just tell me, have you, have you had a family member going through this in the past? And you've let them live in the fantasy world? And it worked out well? Did it work out badly? Did you remind them every five minutes? Did that help at all? If there's anyone listening who has been through this, I would appreciate any insight that you've got on it. Yeah. But life is precious. I'm starting to realise that more and more. More and more. Especially, I didn't really want to talk about this on the podcast, but I'm angry. Um, Anyone from Liverpool will have heard by now, and maybe even further afield, there was a, a stabbing in a a nightclub in Liverpool this weekend and a 21 year old lad has been killed as a result of it now it's a very horrible issue this the thought of the fact that someone was in a nightclub or a bar and had a knife on them is just terrifying, you know? How can you get ready for a night out and make sure you pack your knife? How is that part of anyone's pre-night out ritual? How can you go to leave your house and go, I've got me keys, I've got me wallet, I've got me phone, I've got me knife. How can that be in anyone's fucking psyche? It's fucking disgusting. That that could be anyone. And obviously, 
a lot of people are having their say on this and how disgusting it is. And it's now come out, I believe, I'm not, I haven't completely fact-checked this, so I apologise if I've got this wrong. But I've seen a few people who've said that this lad was out celebrating his 21st birthday and he was on a night out with just his girlfriend. That's it. So it's not like this lad was going out in a big group of lads and there's been two groups. Someone's knocked a drink off someone else and because of so much testosterone, there's been a kerfuffle and someone's, you know... I don't know what happened, but I can't imagine a lad celebrating his 21st on a night out with just his missus is going to have gone to a group of lads and caused murder. This innocent lad. It's his fucking birthday. Imagine being his parents... It knocks me sick. Rest in peace to the lad. It's it's not nice at all. And it's... The really sad thing is, there's not really much that can be done to prevent things like this happening. I've noticed a lot of people have said that the club should be shut down. I really don't agree with that. I'm sorry, but there's nothing a club can do. Clubs get shut down all the time if there's trouble in there or there's drug use. There's nothing a club can do to stop that sort of stuff happening. Okay, I've worked in nightclubs, I've worked in bars, and trust me, the owners and the, the managers of these places and the doormen, they don't want people in that building with drugs and knives. They, they really fucking don't. They do everything they can to stop it happening. Searches on the way in. Monitoring the room. They'll go in the toilet sometimes, make sure there's not two lads in one cubicle. You know? They're not trying to check if they're sucking each other's dick. That's not what they're looking for. They're looking for cocaine abuse, okay? They're doing their very best to stop things like this happening. And we can't keep losing big parts of Liverpool's nightlife because there's cunts out there. The only way this gets fixed is with education. That's what should be getting taught in schools. I've had a let's call let's call this girl a, a close friend. I've had a close friend of mine recently who started a PGCE, which if you don't know what it is, it's a it's the teaching degree. You would do a year's training in a school, and then you become a teacher. And she's dropped out after four weeks because she's seen how ridiculous the curriculum is. How? How is there no life skills taught in a school when there's so much shit taught? How do kids not know how taxes work, how benefit systems work, how how to fill in an application form, how to build a proper CV that stands out? How can you know all, not know any of that? How can you not know any of that? but you know what an oxbow fucking lake is. When are you going to... Unless you're going to be a farmer, you don't need to know what an oxbow lake is. Think about that. It's such a... I know what an oxbow lake is. And I don't know half of what I've just talked about. And I've been educated. I did well at school. But school's nonsense. And something that needs to be taught in schools is the consequences of your actions. This scumbag who stabbed this lad won't even be considering 
how his actions have affected an entire family. Or families. This lad's family will be distraught. The girl's family will be distraught. All his friends will be distraught. And their families. And the ripple effect of that is a, a large group of people distraught at the death of this lad. Because you thought you were big and hard taking a knife out. If it was taught in schools, the massive effect that something like this can have on a lot of people. I think that would put a lot more empathy into these lads. I think they'd think before they stabbed. They'd think before they shot. They'd think before they glassed. They'd think before they punched. It needs to change. And it starts at school. That's where it starts. I'm sorry for the three second silence there, but I'm riled. I'm not happy. I can't believe, I can't get my head around. My little brother's 21. And I'll be honest with you, my little brother can be a nightmare when he's drunk. But if he went out and this happened to him, you know, I can't bear the thought of what I'd want to do in response to it. I can't, Imagine what this lad's dad is feeling like, what his mum's feeling like, what his brothers and cousins are feeling like. Because I'd want to go to prison for settling the score. I wouldn't do it, but that's what I'd want. And it'd eat me up every day that I wasn't there to stop. And it's not fair for burdens like that to be put on the family of this innocent lad because one guy took a knife out with him. If you're listening to this and you've got a mate who's ever took a knife out on a night out and you didn't say anything to him about it, use your opportunity now. Tell him never to do that again. Tell him to think about how it would affect the lives of everyone around the victim if that was to happen. Fights are going to happen on nights out. People are going to misinterpret things. Humans misinterpret things all the time. If you bump into someone and it looks like it was on purpose, that person's going to get pissed off. And if he acts out of line with you, you're going to go, I didn't fucking mean it. And that's going to kick off. And we're animals at the end of the day. Humans are animals. There's tension there. And there's going to be fistfights sometimes. Let's just make it rare. But definitely, let's not have fucking weapons in nightclubs where things like this happen so easily. Misinterpretations happen so easily. If you've got a knife... Go and give it up. If you give a knife in to the police, it's an amnesty. They don't charge you for it. They don't go, where did you get this from? They won't ask any questions. Just give your knives up. Don't be taking them on nights out and putting your life and other people's lives at risk. That's what. That's where this changes. With us speaking to our mates or speaking to people we know that have done stuff like this in the past and going, don't do that again. Look what happens. And I, I think it needs to start in schools. I think education about stuff like this is paramount. That's just my opinion. Let me know if you'd agree with it. Get in touch. Give us a tweet, a message, whatever. And maybe together, some of us can start a little movement. But rest in peace to that lad. Uh, 
I feel like I, I, I've known him. That's how it's really affected me, this one. Just because he's the same age as my little brother. I would like to end the podcast on like a happy note, but I don't think it's really appropriate. I wanted to use this week's episode. Well, I didn't want to use this week's episode for this, but now that we've spoke about it, I want to use this week's episode to leave it on that somber note. Okay? Let's change some stuff. Make sure this doesn't happen again. Do what we can. I've I've got some shows coming up this week. If you want to catch me, there'll be a few tickets released. They're two sold-out tour dates. One's at Bersco, at Bersco Wharf on Friday the 27th of October. And the next one, well, I've got two shows on Saturday night. Both of them are tour shows in Liverpool at Hot Water Comedy Club. One's a half seven, one's a half nine. That's where I'll be this week. There should be a couple of tickets for each one on the door. They're otherwise sold out. Try and come down if you fancy it. And that's it for this week. Thank you very much. I'll see you next Monday. Ta-da.